0: Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest. His name is Tony A. Wall, or Anthony A. Wall, and he's founder of the humanitarian nonprofit organization known as Noesis. Noesis is a worldwide network of education whose mission is to understand the evolutionary causes of the human condition to enable human survival into a sustainable future. You know, Tony, he didn't come across this lightly. He graduated from William Penn Charter School in Philadelphia. Then he continued his education at Lake Forest College in Chicago. He was in the liberal arts world, and he really was in the security systems business for over 20 years before he found his calling, reinventing his career as a registered investment advisor with PNC Investments and later with the Royal Bank of Canada. Welcome, Tony. Um, Thank you very much, Doctor. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you. So let's let's talk. How did you find this noesis? Uh, am I p- pronouncing it properly properly?
1: Well, uh, because of the way you're pronouncing it, that's why we put the uh, that's why we put the bar over the E, because it's very easy to mispronounce. Um, it's noesis. Um, and that's a Greek word that means um, the arrival place of intelligence and understanding. And if we were to put these two things together, we would hopefully arrive at state of Noesis. That's how we derived
0: our name. Okay, so let, let's talk about, about this. Uh, we now know what Noesis is, but how do we get to this point of understanding? How do we climb this pyramid and start to understand what's necessary to get to understanding?
1: Well, it's a great question. You know How, how, how do you how do you whittle down such an expansive mission, something that sounds even expansive the way you put it correctly? So um, I was uh, always predisposed to being an observer, if you will. Um, uh, ever since I'm, a, you know, coming out of William Penn Charter School again, I was very fortuitous uh, education-wise. Um, and uh, what I was always taken to philosophy, specifically, as you said earlier. I was uh, went to a leafy um, liberal arts college in Chicago, right on Lake Michigan, um, and I was taken with philosophy and literature stuff like that, and especially philosophy. So, you know, I, I also was a Division three football player. So I was the jock with a with a brain. Like from time to time, I would utter an intelligent statement and somebody would say, well, aren't you supposed to be like, you know, like, you know, generally brain dead. But anyway, um, no, I was uh, always taken to ob- observing um, all my life. I've recorded my thoughts on humanitarian uh, issues. Uh, most notably, I settled on eventually on macro human uh, humanism which is the behavior of large groups as opposed to the behavior of individuals.
0: Okay, that that, that is an important distinction. And, and, you know, large groups certainly differ from small groups in in many ways and from individuals in certain ways. But there certainly are, are certain similarities of them. So let's go into what you found about large group behavior. Uh, I don't think there's a way to ask that question
1: better. Um, it's it, it, There's something that I found to be uh, pretty amazing. Once I divorced myself from all uh, feelings such as blame or judgment, you know, I, I became uh, forensic as I uh, began to explore the evolutionary timeline of the human species, which is now uh, very, very, very well known in detail where even 50 years ago, that was not so. So this wonderful window of self-discovery for the human species has opened up and that's where we're going. So this comes to your question, what did I notice? Um, I began to notice nothing less than mathematical patterns um, in the behavior of large groups. Uh, Specifically, the behavior of any individual, we can both agree easily, is utterly unpredictable. Uh, We don't know what any one individual is going to do at any given time. Um, And we can also, but but here's something that I found out, and there are no exceptions. So we do call this a constant. That's the nature of a constant, no exceptions. And that is that human groups tend to act in precisely the same fashion. Uh, uh, So this is quite a disparity. The individual behavior cannot be in any way predicted, whereas the behavior of large groups can be precisely predicted. Um, I looked, so I began to look at the human cultures that formed um, and eventually got bigger and bigger and bigger and grew into empires. All of them were came into being, rose to prominence, thrived, broke down and then were disassembled and destroyed in eerily precise fashion. So I began to look at this as a mathematical concern. Um, and I wondered, I, I, I went from there, and uh, where I went, I think will interest you.
0: Well, that does interest me because, of course, right now, we're at a difficult part in the human existence. You know, we are in a part where we're dealing with a, a pandemic, which we haven't seen in probably a hundred years. And, and, you know, pandemics usually come about once every hundred years or so. And, and we were very poorly equipped to getting through this one. Yet we responded in very simple ways, in the same way we did in the pandemics of years gone by. You know, we, we don't have very many tools with dealing with this. So, we responded in the same ways. That is
1: correct. And this is uh, where we begin to get into more of the meat of what we do. And I'm going to say a couple of things that I really need to. I, quite frankly, I need to. And that is this um, we were in, we started before the pandemic. Uh, we are here to enable human sustainability uh, and, and to a sustainable future. And I'm going to say a couple of things here. I'm not going to drop bombs, that's not what I do, It's not what we do here, Um, but I I want to say something that is quite inconvenient, and you'll agree, and that is that right now human beings are very, very concerned with four major things. Number one, certainly climate change. Uh, Number two, as you said, pandemic. And number three uh, would be our nuclear concerns. And number four would be sudden something that suddenly snuck in from from the side there in the last couple of years, and that is disruptive technologies. This is where one of our computers one day decides that it doesn't need us anymore. You know, we, we, you understand where we're going. So we're looking into the we're looking into the future at bringing four things under control. Um, and along comes Tony Wall and the is to gently explain to the human race that. There have been 80 major human cultures on planet Earth. Um, When I say major, I I refer to ancient Egypt, ancient Greece, Mesopotamia, Ottoman, major, major cultures. Um, They're all gone. And it's interesting uh, to note that those four things that that occupy the forefront of human anxiety, unfortunately did not show up on the tombstones of any of those 80 cultures but there was one thing that showed up on all of them, and that is perpetual conflict. Uh, Conflict from without and conflict from within. So it began to, I, I began to think to myself, well, if this is true, then I believe that if there's four things that we're concerned with in the future, and if we solve them, we may discover with horror and what we forgot to do was discover why we fail in a precise fashion. Um, and that would mean, again, you know, I might have to break a few eggs here, doctor. I, I think you'll be all right with that. Um, but we don't bring any value unless we discuss openly what's going on here. Um, uh, the human beings crossed over And and if if we look at the human evolutionary timeline and we know where to look, we discover something that's not really uh, arguable, that's actually inarguable, that kind of might jump off the page and bite us if we know where to look. And that is that about 10 to 20,000 years ago, after 250,000 years of human migration all over the world, starting in uh, Central Africa, which is now well-known, not conjecture anymore, that's what our starting place. So fast forward 250,000 years, there were no other places to go for humans. So what do we do? We settled down into larger and larger populations. Now, here's where the trouble began. Uh, Migrating nomadic collaborative human beings that had collaboration wound around our bones baked into our DNA went from being migra- migratory to being stationary. And the, the mathematics of stationary humanity are well known. And unfortunately, they're constant in their failure. Um, so we can show that to be true. And if I'm saying something like that, I better darn well be able to show it. And I most certainly can
0: now, you say that the downfall of all civilizations is conflict and, and conflict that really uh, caused them to to have vast problems that they couldn't overcome. Uh, correct.
1: And In fact, uh, if you're going to do something like this, if you're going to come to a human race that is faltering, you know, faltering, a very reasonable way to put it, um, I'll even go further, doctor, uh, the human species is selecting itself actively for its own demise. Um, Noesis is happy to watch whatever nature has in store for our species. But what we will not do is sit by one second longer and watch the human species openly select itself for what need not be. So we're here to steer humanity away from the rocks, not known as extinction, but rather the rocks known as commitment to extinction. And that's the place, if we achieve commitment, it means that we would mathematically be unable to reverse that. Um, and, And that's something much more sinister
0: than extinction. Do you feel right now we are at a very dangerous time?
1: Um, not only are we in a dangerous time, we always have been. If we look back on the 80 cultures main, uh, 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 that have come and gone, uh, there is one thing common about that. They all formed after 10,000 years ago. And because of the dynamics that naturally came with settling down. These were random things, doctor. Human beings look upon themselves in in the modern day as I don't think we like ourselves. I don't think I'm going out on a big limb there. I mean, we act in a very suicidal way, which means we don't value ourselves. However, if we understood what happened to us, which I can explain very easily, then we can cross over viewing ourselves with great empathy, where now we view ourselves um, with self-loathing. Uh, and that's why any, anything self-loathing would act suicidally. Um, so we need to value ourselves. And valuing ourselves is about understanding what happened to us to derail us. No lessons or derail. Um, uh, specifically, when... The, the, the acquisitive, pardon me, the collaborative longings, the deeply baked in collaborative longings of human beings were crowded out slowly by behaviors of acquisition. And when that happened, it was nobody's fault. There's no blame or judgment here, it doesn't even apply. Um, <clears throat> that, uh, that gave birth to a lot, some dynamics that would go on to prove that would go on to be constant in their failures. So that most notably was the creation of greater and lesser beings. Um, 250,000 years of assisting and being assisted in our migratory journey suddenly met head on with a, a biological insult, not a situational one when greater and lesser beings were formed within a meritocracy and you know, the first financial meritocracy imposed itself upon the human experience for the first time. Nobody got up one day and said, oh, I think I'll ruin the entire human species. No, it's nobody's fault. Well, we're professional explainers. So when a greater and lesser being was created through a meritocracy, it, The greater beings deluded themselves that there was greater and the lesser beings. That's where the problem starts. Um, A lesser being doesn't understand what lesser means uh, and it will spend its entire life escaping the lesser station assigned to it. Um, That has been at the heart of social collapse in 80 straight cultures. And now, Noesis comes and gently explains to the human race that don't look now, but these very same models are all around us again.
0: Yeah, and I, according to your model, I don't think that just applies to the United States. I think that applies to the world in general. Thank you so much. It most certainly
1: does. We are here for 8 billion souls. Uh, we are arranged into um, 200 some odd countries, and we can't defeat them. Why would we? But we can agree on something, can't we? We can agree on that all of those countries are inhabited by exactly, precisely like species who are all flying on the same spaceship. Um, So we're going to ask humanity to understand that it's injured. And when I say injured, again, if we're going to stay in business here, doctor, we can't be uttering things that we cannot show because we'll be out of business. So human beings are no less than injured. Uh, The human heart is broken. What do I mean? When we came off of our migratory experience and we formed a meritocracy and became greater and lesser beings, the human heart broke. Um, It it broke. Um, And that's what we call the human injury. And I said earlier that once you see it, you can't unsee it Um, because of the fact that this evolutionary timeline is so rich in detail now, where, again, 50 years ago, it was not. So human beings are no less than injured in our hearts and minds. All of us are suffering from the same injury. It is a biological insult. You're a doctor. You understand what I'm talking about. This is a biological insult to our very DNA, the idea where I'm lesser, I used to be a necessary being, now I'm a lesser one. Um, And if we look up what's at the heart of all social collapse, we will find the same thing and that is increasing complexity, um, which is then worsened and worsened by the inequality of greater and lesser beings. There are no exceptions. Now, we're of the mind in the modern day that we've done something wrong. Like we've been bad boys and girls. We haven't. We haven't. We just don't understand the crossover event that I just described. And once we do, we can begin to view ourselves with empathy and not self-loathing. So
0: for now, we've got about five, maybe 10 minutes left, Tony. Let's end this on a positive note. Let's end this in a way that I don't want people to think of gloom and doom and despair. What is the way out of this problem that we're
1: at? Um, it's the only way to go is, is to end like this doctor, there are no shortage of people who can explain the human condition and it um, and arrive at the idea that that you know this is the end for us. you can go to the movies for that. We bring no value. We are absolutely remedial and hopeful at our core When we begin to understand how we got to where we are we cross over from uh, actually doctor i think you'll enjoy a, a quick analogy let's say our best player on a football team uh the best player terrific player suddenly begins to act begins performance begins to fall all of us are concerned and we begin to chide them, like, what's the matter with this person? You know, this person, what's maybe they're not hustling. They're not getting it done anymore. What's going on here? And then that would break down as, into, like, we finally say, this player stinks. They stink. And then a coach comes out and says, this player's injured. We were, we were trying to keep that silent, but we can't anymore. Obviously, the player isn't himself. He's injured. Right away. Without exception, all of us would shift from something wrong with this player to this player's injured. And now we would say, what happened? So we're here to explain what happened and we're here to educate an entire planet a couple of basic things. Every single thing we do in the modern day has an evolutionary trigger. Every single thing. And we're going to learn why we do what we do. And we're going to know ourselves. We can't know ourselves now. Why? Because we've never met ourselves. And that needs to end now. We have an open window of species self-discovery. We can learn the evolutionary triggers for everything we do. And then we can know who we are and only a being that knows what where it is, can plot where it needs to go. So this is hopeful and remedial at its heart. I wanna make that certain. Anybody can describe a human condition in free fall. No, it's not what we do. But we bring no value unless unless we describe these things in ways where we're not coddling or placating the human race. This isn't a drill, doctor. If we don't understand who we are, we will fail in a way that's very predictable. And I gently um, explain that we are failing even as we speak in precisely the way that we always have. If we don't break the cycle,
0: now we're in trouble. So we're here to stop that. Okay, that's good, Tony. And I think that's the important thing. How do you recommend our listeners break this cycle and get to the point of having a fantastic life?
1: Okay. I understand that because I understood, because I took time to, uh, to look at what you're doing, the people that you interview, this is certainly different. Um, you, You interview individuals who have remarkable stories and they take these stories and they bring influence upon others.
0: Right.
1: And, you can be assured that I looked at everything and I thought to myself, well, listen, this is going to be a different experience for Dr. Leica. It is, but,
0: but again, I'm trying to bring it for our listeners, Tony. And our right. listeners are looking right now saying, Dr. Like has brought Tony on here. He's got something for me here. Tony, how do you recommend others have a fantastic life?
1: Others can have a. Fa- We're here to give a fantastic life to the human race, give it back to a fantastic future for the human race, um, if all of our uh, all of our individual lives would be impacted if we felt that we didn't have a future. I think that's a safe thing to say. What we're trying to give to the human race is the ability to survive itself. And explaining to it that it never, ever has because of very knowable dynamics that we're going to explore and we're going to bring them into view, and then we can gift ourselves, the entire human race, the ability to evolve where now we enjoy none. We enjoy no chance. So this is hopeful and remedial and not a moment too soon. Um, How can people, individuals, what can they do now? Well, they can, might take me to task. I would recommend that they take me to task. Go to our website and look at all the material there. Will you find intelligence there? Well, you better, or we're out of business. So count on it. We bring, we are the first group of its kind to deal with the idea that we don't have to have this happen to us. So certainly that's remedial. And here's why we're doing it, Doctor, because as far as we can tell, no one else will that's why we're the first kind first of our kind we is this about Tony's intelligence no I think it's about the human race just recently awakening to its own madness that's nobody's fault the time we got busy and that's why we're here
0: I hear you Tony okay Tony um, if people would like to find more about noesis how can they do so um, go to our website. Um,
1: noesisproject.com and they will be, we we hope they'll be very, very pleasantly surprised. We've been busy. Doctor, it it, it took us three years to build this thing properly. If you're gonna build, if you're gonna try to do this, if you're gonna bring this to the human race, it'd be a real good idea not to be full of baloney. It'd be a real good idea because everybody will hit the exits quickly. So when they begin to see our videos that address everything that, uh, that, that we've uncovered and that when they begin to understand it, we're here to educate the human race about itself because we now can. A huge window of self-discovery. I would call that something worth taking a look at. project.com We've got we've got uh, all of our uh, there's a standard of quality there that i think people will be very pleased with so and we are about hope and remedy or i would not be sitting here we are here to bring influence thank you tony for sharing your thoughts with us today thank you very much for understanding how different we are and being so accepting thank you bye for now take care bye-bye